Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. Okay. Hey, everybody. It's Kara with the She's the Owner podcast, and um, it's been a busy week. We've had a lot of incredible guests, and today I want to welcome Jen Edwards. Jen, do you prefer Jen or Jennifer? Jen is great. Jen is great. Okay. Um, so we connected through Instagram and I think we have a lot of mutual friends through the Tony Robbins community um, and all that kind of fun stuff. And there's been a lot of guests that have come on recently that are in that community. And I think the beautiful thing is we're all so open to sharing with each other, all the knowledge that we have, especially in this area. So I, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself, tell us, uh, tell us about your coaching practice and about anything else that you've got going on. And then we're just going to dig in and have a good chat and see kind of where things go. Awesome. Yeah. Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for having me too, Kara. I really, really appreciate it. So my name is Jen Edwards and I am a coach for Twin Flames. And there's a huge community out there around Twin Flames. And the idea of a twin flame dynamic or relationship is that this person shares the other half of your soul. This is what the, the community teaches. And um, I had this idea that I was sharing a soul with a man that was rejecting me over and over and over and over again. And I finally was like, okay, there's something to this that I'm not seeing. And so I started to dig into it and I started to listen to my own soul and listen to my guidance and got some understanding about it. And I'm in fact not sharing a soul. No one is sharing a soul. Everyone has their own soul and they came here for their own soul experience. And so I teach inside of this community how to step back into your personal power because a woman who believes that a man is her savior is a woman out of her power. And so I, I teach and speak inside of this community to give it a different type of voice. And so that's the type of coaching that I do. Does it have to be a man as the, as the twin flame? No, your money, your business, anything can be your twin flame really is the way that I see it. Because ultimately what the twin flame does is it mirrors to you the areas of your life that has to change in order for you to have mm -hmm. your desires. And so it, it brings up and it triggers you to go do the inner work, to, to go do the healing and the deeper work. And so what I teach women to do is to go do that, the mm -hmm. deeper inner healing work on themselves to step into their power, to step into their confidence, to step into who it is that, they're really, that they really are and why they came here. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. So this, and like I said, we're just going to kind of bounce around, go wherever we need to go with this. But like, yeah. so my understanding of twin flames then, because I have been sort of looking and, and getting a bit more information about it. Um, my, my oldest daughter, she's uh, 33 and she talks about this as well with some of her friends, but is it sort of like the thing you still need to work on and that's how it keeps ending up in front of you? Like in a partner, I always had this idea that it was like the other half and that was a good thing, but is it, is it a good thing? Or is it when you look at somebody who might be your twin flame, is it more like that's the universe giving you that challenge again to work through? Or maybe explain, yeah, okay. It's mostly that, okay? So there are some people who are in a very dynamic, wonderful relationship that do describe their partner as their twin flame. The vast majority of people on this particular journey, though, are not in that situation. 
What mm -hmm. happens, what the, what the um, community describes as the twin flame is someone who, it, like the, the dynamic is a running and chasing dynamic. So you meet this person, right. you come together and you have massive sparks and massive connection. And like you feel them at the core of your being and you sense their energy. Like it's a really, really strong connection. And what happens then is after about two or three months of the strong connection of being together, the energy builds up and you bolt step and go separate ways. So usually the man or the, the, there's the anxious and avoidant attachment style. And so usually it's the divine feminine in the anxious attachment style and it's the divine masculine in the avoidant attachment style. And what happens is he runs and she starts chasing. So then she mm. steps into her toxic masculine and begins to do that chasing. And it, and you know, there's obsessive thoughts as well. And so it's there, the woman is normally obsessive about the um, social media and stalking the social media and just obsessive right. about her worthiness and all of that stuff. So it does not have to actually be inside of a relationship. The person can usually is not there. And that's, what's really showing you what needs to heal. Right. Okay. So tell, tell us a little bit how you got into this and to the coaching. Um, yeah. Tell, tell us that journey from kind of the beginning. Yeah, how certainly. long have you been coaching for and all that fun stuff? I started coaching back in 2016, but I was in the health and fitness space and that was my primary focus. I had a lot of um, personal illnesses and like thyroid issues and a lot of um, allergies, couldn't eat a whole lot of stuff. And so I started to dive into understanding nutrition and it started to help women with their nutrition and with their weight mm -hmm. and with the hormonal balance and stuff like that. And, um, then I, um, I was also on this twin flame journey and I was in separation from my twin flame. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And oftentimes what happens on this type of journey is you have very serendipitous opportunities and moments with this person. And so I had a very serendipitous reunion with him in Austin, Texas, where neither one of us planned it. It was just, we happened to both be there and he happened to find out and he reached out to me and I was like, Oh my gosh. So we got together and it kind of like sparked everything again after a year and a half of like zero communication. So then I get on, I get back into this dynamic with this man after having no dynamic with him for a long time. And one of my healers said to me, um, I think this is your twin flame. And that was like the first time I ever really understood or heard of that. And so I looked into it and I kept getting signs and the signs were saying yes. And so I just kept following the road. And in early in January, 2019, I kind of like everything in my life fell apart. Like the, the, the health and fitness coaching fell off. The, um, the, all of my job situations fell off. I was, I was doing seminars for a long time, to, um, helping people with understanding how to invest in real estate. Like that was my career was real estate investing. And like all of that fell apart. And then I was just like, in January, 2019, I was just like, what am I going to do? And I had already started sharing my journey on the twin flame path. And I have done a tremendous amount of healing and tremendous amount of um, personal development. So I knew I had something to share with people. I knew I could help them. And so I just launched this business in January, 2019. I just went for it. So yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So if, so some of the, part of what we talk about on the show is this idea that, um, women in business, because we do show up very much in our masculine. And that was my journey. I came from an abusive childhood and 
learned really young at 10, 11 to be in my masculine because that's how I got shit done. And that's how I felt safe because the parent situation was unsafe, et cetera. And then you just roll that into now I'm 44. And it wasn't until the past summer really where I, I kind of had a sense of it, but I was like, I really dug in in the summer. And the whole idea is that in business, I'm definitely in my masculine for getting the, my goal setting done, all the stuff. I read your Dear Masculine Energy and it was exact, that's exactly how I feel and how I think a lot of women in business feel. Mm-hmm. So when I, but that doesn't work in relationships and mm-hmm. that's the trick. And so talk a little bit about, even with the people that, women that you're coaching, do you, and if it is entrepreneurs, do you see that kind of as a theme where these women are are in their masculine and then, because I know for me, I was kind of like my, my feminine, what? Yeah. Like, what is that? And I know I identify it with my heart and now I get it. But in mm-hmm. business for years, I was like, go, go, go. And I was like, that was my kids. Go, go, go. And then I was like, that was my husband. Go, go, go. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even know how to handle you. Yeah. And now, so do you see a lot of that in your, in your coaching practice? It is because, oh, um, so what I was actually going to go on um or like continuation on was talking about the toxic masculine because when I started my business a year and a half ago or almost a year and a half ago I stepped into toxic masculine Mm. so let me me kind of like break down all of this for the audience for you for the audience um so there's an understanding of this so there's the divine masculine and the divine feminine and this is a really balanced energy inside of you because you have both masculine and feminine energies inside and then there's also the toxic aspect of both of those energies and so when i or when anyone has been in an abusive situation or an unsafe situation or like myself you like I wasn't physically abused or anything like that from my parents, but here's the other category that many, many people on, on a spiritual journey fall into. They fall into this category of being a highly sensitive being, a highly sensitive being and an empath. What happens to them is that they start taking on everyone else's energy. They come, become a portal for energy. They come here in service to source, source creator God. They become a portal for someone else's energy. And so when they go to school as a child and there's like all these kids with all these energies happening, they're taking them on and they're sensing them. They're sensing and feeling and taking them on. Then they come home and they say to their mother, mother, I'm feeling blah, 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 whatever it is. And the mom's like, just dry your tears and get over it. Just go outside and play, get away, you know? And you're not, basically the parental figure doesn't validate the emotions that the child is having. So then what happens is the child begins to second guess all the time themselves and they begin to not trust and they begin to withdraw into themselves. And what that creates in a child who is highly sensitive and who is really sensing these emotions and taking them on is A, it starts to make them sick in adulthood and it makes them allergic to everything. And then that's whenever autoimmune and stuff like that comes into play. And, but yeah. it, also, it also makes you second guess and not trust yourself. And you don't trust source, creator God. You don't trust yourself. You don't trust the world. And you start to build walls to try to protect yourself. And so what had ha- that had happened to me. So I had you know, I had really, and I have really amazing parents, but they didn't validate my emotions. So I never knew to trust my emotions. I never knew I could trust me. And I learned to not trust me and I learned to not trust God. And so 
then in adulthood, I'm trying to like make all of this make sense. And I was spinning my wheels trying to do that. And that's when I stepped into toxic masculine energy because I, that's the only thing I knew to make me safe. That's the only thing I knew to do. So when I started my business last year, I stepped into toxic masculine energy and I started pushing and I pushed my business forward until it was like source was like, we aren't even going to allow you to succeed in that energy anymore. You are literally going to have to drop it and you are going to have to pivot and shift into a balance of your masculine and feminine and, and be in a masculine energy that isn't toxic. A masculine energy that trust provides and is like, yes, the masculine energy is penetrative, but penetrative from a place of like, I also know who I am and I'm also in my power and I'm stepping into that and I'm going forward from that place. So that is the aspect of what I teach inside of, uh, of my coaching is how, for, how a woman can begin to claim the power back, but also maintain the balance with the feminine energy because it's the mm -hmm. hardest part is maintaining the balance with the feminine energy and stepping into her goddess mode. And what we find is that the foundation of all success in our businesses is when we're in the goddess mode and we're in that foundation of really celebrating ourselves and honoring ourselves in our queen, then the, the masculine inside will automatically rise to meet the feminine. And then you go forth together as like the, as the combined energy. That was amazing uh, and a very good description of, of how it feels too, right? Like I think, and we always talk about, even with my kids, I mean, I've, my, mine are 10 all the way up to 33, all girls. And I see myself having taught them probably more toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. thinking I was doing right by them and thinking that I'm just teaching them to be strong. I was a single mother and right from the beginning mm -hmm. and my my uh, 23 year old she's like but mom what are you talking because I, I apologize I went to date with destiny earlier or end of last year and a lot of this came up from yeah. here I was like oh okay and so yeah. when I got home I apologized to Sydney in particular and she's like but mom like you taught us to be strong women and I said no I didn't I taught you how to be a strong woman masquerading as a man first mm -hmm. of all mm -hmm. and so the lesson is and I and I was talking to uh, I had a, a coach on this this morning and she said a really beautiful way was that she's always mowing the lawn, like this work never stops. Right. And even through Corona, you know, my husband and I got back together in January actually after date with Destiny. I came home in my feminine and understanding that, and he just rose to the occasion. Yeah. And he didn't really do a lot different except now he's responding to the feminine energy. And, but it was a, it's a, it's a switch you have to turn on and off to understand that like, and she said she has a physical, when she starts to go too far into her masculine, she'll have a physical reminder. She'll feel tension in her neck as a, mm -hmm. a key for her to say, okay, you know what? I'm actually dipping too far into the masculine and, and, and yeah. it's a, it's beautiful work, but it's work all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you're, when you're coaching your, your clients, are they aware of this yet? Like, I'm always curious to know the people that I talk to, and I'm not a coach. I'm not, I have no desire to be a coach. I, I want to facilitate this mission, but I talk to a lot of my friends who are totally unaware of how they're showing up. So when you, when yeah. I know for me, when I'm looking for a coach, I'm a high achiever, whatever we want to label that as quote unquote, but so I'm always looking for ways to fix things and improve. 
I don't know that's everybody's strategy. So when you get somebody that you've just discussed, you know, coaching with, are they aware or is it a mix of, of, or they don't have a clue that they're showing up in their masculine until you get a hold of them? Yeah, okay. no, they don't. You know, it's like uh, Tony Robbins says, you meet people where they're at and you take them where you want them True. to go. And yep. um, that's really, that's really the mission of the work is to meet people where they're at. And so the stuff behind the scenes that I do is beyond what I share in, in, um, you know, my lives or in my posts and stuff like that, because um, there isn't an understanding of where it is that women need to go. And when they do start to understand that it is about their power and the difference between power and force, have you read the book, the um, power versus force or heard of it or in the Tony world, one of Tony's like foundational books is a book called Power Versus Force. It was written by a man named David Hawkins. And um, okay. it's a psychological book. David Hawkins is a psychologist. He's, he's deceased now. But his um, work is very profound work, way, way, way ahead of his time. And um, in the book Power Versus Force, it, dr- it breaks down emotion. So one of the things that I that I teach women is emotional intelligence because until we are in our personal power, we can't even hang on to money because money will flow through us, but it won't stay. Money will not, will not feel good to us until we're in our personal power. So it's very important that we're in our personal power. And in order to be in personal power, you have to have emotional intelligence. They go hand in hand. So what I teach women behind the scenes is emotional intelligence. How do I manage my emotions when I'm in a heated situation? How do I manage my emotions when I'm communicating with my children? How do I manage my emotions in all of these aspects of life? And when I'm dealing with myself, you know, when I'm dealing with my trigger points, when I'm dealing with my pain points, how do I manage myself? How do I do this? And this is what I teach women to do. And so in this, and, and one of the modalities that I use in, in understanding this is the scale of consciousness, the map of consciousness that David Hawkins created. And there is a line of neutrality and anything below the line of neutrality is all negative energy. And it's um, like anger and regret and shame and guilt and um, depression and ha- unhappiness. All of these things are below the line of neutrality. When you step into above the line of neutrality, into the higher vibrations of happiness, bliss, pleasure, joy, uh, all of that kind of stuff, then you're in a place where you're meeting a frequency and things just flow to you. This is where it's ease, flow, and grace. And this is the thing that many women are talking about right now with, with it being when you're in your feminine, when you're truly embodying this feminine, it's ease, flow, and grace. It's like it just happens and it just works out because you become happy with yourself. Mm-hmm. So when I am coaching my clients or whenever I'm drawing them into my space, I'm drawing them in from a place of where they're at. Like they're in a lot of pain. And the first step that I have to take women through is you have to lean into your pain first. You have to integrate the shadow first. Like you have to look at yourself and go, wow, I've literally lived my whole life trying to be like a man, operating in the world like a man, and it didn't get me anywhere. It got me sick. It got me tired. It got me frustrated. It got me unliked. It got me labeled as a bitch. It got me, you know, all of these things, but it didn't ultimately get me what I want. And here I am at whatever age that we're at breaking down. And now we have to put ourselves back together again. And so 
I start in my processes with, let's look at the shadow. Let's integrate the shadow. We've got to integrate the lower frequencies. We've got to start to dance with the lower frequencies before we can actually come up in frequency. And so I, I teach women how to dance with that shadow and how to go, oh, I'm feeling shame right now. You know, can I, can I dance with this? Can I be okay with feeling shame for a moment? And then I teach them how to move it out mm-hmm. of the system. So the thing that I find so interesting about all of this conversation is that how it shows up in a person, in a woman's life, like how the practical ways of it, for me, it was showing up with, like I said, go, go, go arguments. Mm-hmm. And I, again, like I talked to a lot of women who, and this is the common theme, and I'm, I'm sure you'll, you know, attest to this. It's like, why can't he step up? Why can't he do this? Why can't he show up like a man? Well, all the why can't, why can't I do everything? Why do I always have to make all the decisions? All of yeah. that narrative. And, you know, on a, like a less, let's say less deep level that, that you're going, it's like, you take, you emasculate it. If you take their nuts away yeah, and you walk around with their balls in your purse, crude as it may sound, but that's the analogy. What else are they going to do? Right. And that's the thing. And I, and I, over and over, and I think one thing I'd love to, I want your sort of your opinion on is the younger women, like the, the 30, the 20, late twenties, early thirties, they're walking around with this narrative. This is what I hear all the time. There's no good men left. Relationships are stupid. I don't need a man. I can have a baby by myself. Like that, that's, it's like this whole narrative. And Tony talks about it. If you don't need me, why the fuck am I here? Right. Yeah. And we, we've, conditioned and I and I know a lot for me it comes from the 80s growing up as an 80s baby and you hear you know all the all the soap operas all the late all that stuff was like we power suits and we don't need a guy and all this stuff and it's following them and it's interesting because not everyone's right for everyone of course not but I always say like if I'm not healed and I'm not showing up in this beautiful flow how can I know if my partner's right for me right now or not because yeah. this isn't true. I'm not truly who I am in this moment. Right. So do you hear a lot of that narrative just out in the world, like where girls and women are just so negative about, and they don't realize it starts here and not out there. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, certainly. So I don't hear a lot of that narrative because in this inside of the twin flame community, that the narrative is I'm desperate for someone. So I'm mm. dealing with the woman desperate for that love. I'm dealing with the woman who's like, oh my God, like she's craving it. She's she's literally obsessive about it. So right. that's the narrative that I'm dealing with. But that narrative that you were just speaking about does exist. And so as women, yes, we have been taught that that you know, uh, to be in our power suit, to be like, and, and the incorrect definition of what power is, um, as a, as opposed to force, you know, the, the lower frequencies are forceful energies. You have to make mm-hmm. them happen. You have to push them along. Whereas in power, when you're truly in your power, you just magnetize, you literally just lean back like a queen and you walk into a room and it just magnetizes to you. So when a woman's truly in her power, the man responds to the feminine. Clearly, his penis responds to the feminine. So if we are, like, this is how we get the the man to respond is to be in our feminine. And even when we are in our boss mode, we can still balance the masculine and the feminine in our boss mode. 
And that's the trick. That's the thing that many women have to learn in our culture. And see, when we rise to, like, there's, there's several things that men hate, first of all. Men hate criticism. Men cannot stand criticism, complaining, and controlling. They cannot right. handle any of that. And see, many women don't understand how to communicate with a man to get their needs met. So Alison Armstrong is an amazing resource to learn how to do that. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and one of the things that she teaches is that, first of all, men have to have transition time. Mm-hmm. When they come home from work, when they come home from doing anything that they're doing, when they come home, they have to, ha- they have to take time to transition from what they were doing before to what they're doing now. Men are not more stupid than we are. Men are not, you know, less than we are. Men are just different than we are. So our brains, one of the things that I've studied is the brain. So the female brain, the the cerebral cortex is close to to one another. And so the, the nerves go across the brain all the time. And our brain is kind of like enmeshed. The man's brain is is compartmentalized, and the cerebral cortex, the, this in between spot, is much further apart. So the the nerves are not linking up across the brain; they're going into the brain before they're linking. So what happens is the man's feelings are back here, and his communication is up here on the other side of the brain. So it has to travel, when you ask him something, it has to travel all the way to the front of the brain and to the other side of the brain before he's able to really articulate what it is that he's feeling or sensing or, or, or any of that. And oftentimes when a woman, like they start talking to him and she's like, da 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 and she's expecting yeah. that immediate answer. She's like, why don't you answer me? Why do you da 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 And then he starts to shut down because anybody who senses that, what are you, what's going to happen? You're going to be met with right. resistance. And then what happens is the cycle creates itself. And then right. all of a sudden you find yourself separated, divorcing, because this person just doesn't match me anymore. No, it's because you didn't cultivate a relationship that was like juicy and on fire and amazing and all of that. Now, if he's not willing to step up to your calling, then that's another conversation. But most men are going to be willing to step up to to meet the feminine there. You know, and like going into more of like this feminine masculine and how to communicate with the man, you know, if if he comes home and he needs 30 or 45 minutes to transition and you need to have a conversation with him, let's say he's not taking out the trash and you're annoyed because you're like, I, I work too, we have children, we have I, like there's a lot of chores to do around the house. So what you do instead of complaining to him and criticizing him and nagging him is that you figure out a solution with him and you just say, Hey babe, I need to talk to you. It's going to take like 20 minutes. Can we set aside a time? I mean, I know that this sounds very formal to do with your spouse. Like you should be able to just go to your spouse and say something, but that is not how the man works. So if you can honor him, you, he will honor you. If you go to him and say, I need 20 minutes. Can we just sit down and discuss something for 20 minutes? Then I promise you, your life is going to start to change. And whenever you show up in that feminine magnetism where you're honoring yourself. So let's say, you know, like there's a lot of chores to do around the house. Well, you have the conversation and you work out a deal. 
this is how, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Or maybe we're going to hire somebody to come into our home and do some stuff, you know, whatever it is, but you work out something that works for all of you so that you're not taking on the resentment. Cause the thing that happens with women is that we become resentful and we take on the resentfulness and then we stop having sex. And then there's more and more and more, like we just pry the relationship apart mm-hmm. and nagging, complaining, and not having sex, so we're, then we're not nurturing ourselves and our feminine. So all of this feeds into an aspect of relationship that just doesn't work. And I think, too, I mean, there gets to be a point where they, they just, they will just shut down and they don't even bother trying and then they don't, and yeah, it, it's, it's like a selfish sort of, you sit there and you, if we make it about us, it becomes about us. And it really, it has nothing to do with us. What he's doing is he's doing and I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's just a matter of like learning each other's languages and understanding. And I I had a a conversation with somebody the other day. And even today I said to Ken, I expect you sometimes to be like, respond to me like a woman. And that's the most ludicrous thing I could expect because you're not a woman. And, And this is the thing that ladies who are listening, I want you to understand that it's not like Jennifer and all the other people that have come on the show, we practice this stuff where some people would, I would call Jennifer an expert. Absolutely. But it's never done. And it's always important to understand that it's not like we haven't gone to one Tony Robbins seminar. We haven't gone to one Byron Katie. We haven't done one thing. We haven't read one book. It's constant. And I have to check myself all the time because I am a strong woman. I am, I do have that, you know, alphaness in me. But if I want to get along with him, mm-hmm. I have to. And, and the thing is, it's a privilege, right? It's not something I have to do. It's something that I get to do. Right. And, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of time, like, um, my conversation I had this morning was just breathing. Like when you're up in it, and you're mm-hmm. complaining, and you're at the guy, and you're all this stuff. Like I say to my girlfriends, you, we, sur- we need to surrender and not surrender in a way that is is painful or that's going to harm us in some way but surrender to ourselves really right and surrender to the <sighs> taking a deep yeah. breath and then just looking at the situation and saying because that was one of the things that date with destiny is the the three c's closing off from him criticizing and controlling mm-hmm. and i could be better at this of course but there's times when i'm like did i really need to say that shit to him like did i really need to complain about how he put that dish away no and then it just starts to, I, I'm complaining and I'm criticizing and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden he's not interested in making me feel safe and heard and seen and off. And, and then you're off to the races and then you're divorced. And I think like Ken and I, we've been together for 20 years and we were separated for three years before we got back together this January. Yeah. And thank you. And it's, but it's work. Even today we went for a ride in between podcasting and I said, okay, here's how I'm feeling. And I said, there's a lot of things I'm seeing that I'm expecting you to be a woman and it's insane because mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. So it's one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the things that Alison Armstrong says is that women expect men to be hairy versions of themselves and they're not. Right. No, <laughs> I'm sidebar. I, I'm drawing that woman in to be on this show because she's really part of why, I, how I'm even aware of these things. And mm-hmm. she was actually at date with destiny with, with, um, with the one I went to and I saw her walk by and I swear to God, then it was like, she floats. Like yeah. she doesn't even walk. She just like floats. It was, I was yeah. like, I couldn't keep my eyes off of her. I was like that. Yeah. She gets it. Like she so yeah. gets it. Um, 
so what are some of the what what are some of the ways that you because it's tough when you're coaching women all day and you have to be in charge and you have to kind of take the reins on a lot of this stuff how do you personally you know are there times when you're like I'm a bit unbalanced right now and I need to get a bit more into my divine feminine and what are those ways like what are some of the tricks that you have personally that you get yourself into your feminine yeah I feel like the first aspect of it for me has been building trust back to myself. So mm. I, didn't back, I had to build trust back to myself and trust back to God's source creator. So I, I would put, have situations come up where I had in the past not trusted, but I chose to begin to trust the situation and I chose, chose to begin to shift into trust. One of the things that I teach and one of the things that I use a lot is EFT tapping. Oh, I love that. Um, this is, yeah, this is something that's very effective and um, I teach it in a unique way and it is very effective in moving out old energies and old stuff, belief systems that are not working. And then the other aspect of it is really being in our goddess energy. So when it comes to my business, I like today, I took time to have time in the sun. I love laying in the sun. It's mm. one of my favorite things to do. So I will take time to lay in the sun. I, I don't work endless hours. I, I take time for myself. And I think that that's one of, and, and if you're working like a full-time job, let's say you're working a job that's like 40, 50, 60 hours a week and you're just overworked and then you come home and you have a bunch of kids and chores and schoolwork and homework to get done and you're also married and you literally your plate is absolutely jam-packed full. At that moment would be the moment that I would hire a coach to say, help me unpack this because I don't know. I have, I'm in the rat race and I don't know how to get off the rat race. I don't know how to get off the hamster wheel. Please help me unpack this life. And then from that place, you rebuild the life. Either you align to a new job that is more aligned to yourself, to your design, or you, you just put your foot down and say, I can't work this many hours. Like I can't. And I promise you, if you look at life and you look at your budget and the way that you're handling money and the way that you're handling all the things, you don't need to work as many hours as you do. It is a habit to work. We have culturalized ourselves to work a massive amount of hours. Who in the world said that 40 hours in a week was the necessary amount of, of time that someone needed to take in order to get work done? It's just bogus. You know, like when I used to be in corporate America and I had a 40 hour work week, I used to have to make stuff up to get, you know, to like fill up a week because there's no, there's no need for 40 hours a week, you know? And that's just my belief. And so if you're a person who is overworking, it's time to look at your life and unpack it and say, what, what gets to go here? Because I have to start putting myself forward. The goddess puts herself first. Mm -hmm. The goddess says, I go first. And it's not selfish. It's not selfish to take a bath if your kids are screaming. It's not selfish to do any of the things that you need to do for yourself to honor yourself, to take care of yourself first. So that is one of the things that, like I used to put everyone else first. And that's one of the things that I have taken back for myself. I go, I put me first, I go first and I put me first about anything or anyone else. So, I want to talk about that a little with the, with the parents. Cause again, I have four children mm -hmm. and they're all girls. And I think the thing that's really important to mention here is that when you're, 
when you're saying I'm going to go have a bath and that for me is one of the easiest ways for me to get into my goddess mode is just have a like ridiculously pant like my daughter actually 19 year old she did the whole bathroom for me and just said okay go Mm-hmm. And it was like lit with candles and all this kind of stuff. And I think there, there, there is this like badge of honor to, for women, especially to be so busy. And yeah. I'm always like, I'm an entrepreneur. We've been entrepreneurs our whole, pr- pretty much our whole married life. Mm-hmm. And we always say like, why are these people spending like, you know, 80 hours on their business when you can effectively do it in 40 or whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. So the, mm-hmm. the one thing is that when you're teaching your kids this, there's no, there's nothing good about being so busy. You're making yourself sick and, and losing track of who you yeah. are. Like that's just total bullshit. But mm-hmm. when you say to your kids in particular, and it doesn't almost doesn't matter how old they are. I mean, I, I was a mom at 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would put Sydney in her little car seat and she'd watch me do my makeup, like something that made me feel good. There's, I don't have time. That's bullshit. You have time. You're not making a priority, but what you're teaching the kids when you say I'm first, goddess is first you're teaching especially girls that that's mm-hmm. okay and that's critical yes and we say it all the time the air and tony always uses the airplane analogy where the oxygen mask but this is it's real like if i say to any of the girls i need to have space right now they all go okay and they get it they're yeah. not fighting for it they're not because i've conditioned them to understand that mm-hmm. it's, it's not selfish for mom to have time i will flat out say i need especially right now because nobody's in school and nobody's working except everyone's together in the house. And I will say to them, I need tonight by myself. And my husband and I have two separate master bedrooms, which is mm-hmm. divinity in itself. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's coming into my bedroom. If I say nobody come in, they all, and nobody's feelings are hurt. Nobody's yeah. going to be screwed up from it. They're learning to take that time. So I love that you bring that up because it is critical. It's necessary. Yeah. It's about a woman being in her power. It's really what it boils down to. And if you are not understanding on how to be in your power, then you've got to learn how to be in your power. So I had to learn how to be in my power because I was not raised to be in my power. And a power, like going back to the the, um, concept of power versus force, force is you're making it happen. You're screaming at everybody and Mm -hmm. you're busy for no reason. And then power is... I'm a goddess and I'm taking care of myself and I'm going to go take this time. So if you have really young children where you can't just get away from them, either ask your spouse and have an agreement with your spouse to take that time to take the children and, or you hire someone to come in to take the children. I can promise you if you, if you start to put yourself first you will find solutions. There's always mm-hmm. solutions. You know, Tony talks about resourcefulness all the time. It's not your lack of resources. It's just your lack of resourcefulness. resourcefulness. There are always resources for you to do the things that you are here to do. So there isn't an excuse of I'm too busy. I got, you know, two kids, you know, I got kids, blah, blah, blah. Even for single mothers, if you're a single mother and you're out there and you're like trying so hard to make it, And this is the hardest part, I think, for the single mom who doesn't have the support of a man to help her. And it's like, how do I get away from these children when I'm a single mom and I come home from work and I've got to work all these hours in order to support these children? Part of it is also shifting your wealth mindset and your worth Mm -hmm. mindset. Because if you're working so much and you're still barely getting by, 
it's a, it's a lack mentality. It's a worth mentality that is not in alignment with you drawing in effortlessly. Like all of this stuff, it's so crazy how all of it is all connected. Mm-hmm. It is, it, there's no separation to your money story and your personal story about what you feel about yourself. You like all of this stuff is connected. And when you begin to connect the dots using your emotional intelligence, stepping into your power. And then when you step into your power, you step into your confidence and your worth and your confidence is like compounded courage. And so you just do the courageous thing over and over again. And whenever you step into all these areas of your life, what happens is they like, it's kind of like a dial starts to turn and the dial starts to turn and starts to align. It's kind of like, it's kind of like opening a safe. It's like you, it's, you, you start to align and then it, boom, you crack open the safe. And when you crack open the safe, that's when you crack open your magic. Women are absolutely magical beings. We right. have so much magic inside of us. And when we connect to the source, when we connect to the divine source creator, and we are connected into that and into our magic, we become magic on legs and people are so drawn to us and people are so like inspired by us. They're like, Oh my gosh, what does she have? I want what she has. And this is like the process that I have been grooming myself for to be that. And this is the process that I take other women through to, is to be that, you know, and to, to teach them how to embody that so that, they change their life in every way, in every area. Yeah. And I think to, to talk about the money part of it too, it's that, you know, it's, it's still energy. Money is energy. And if it's, and, and I said to, so normally I have a, somebody who comes in to clean my house and it costs money. Yes. But if I'm feeling like that's, like that's a necessary thing in my world. I, I don't feel, I like to clean sometimes, but I'm opening the, the flow of more to come into me when I release mm-hmm. those ideas about spending money on cleaning, for example. And yeah. I think a lot of women have this, because I think money still feels pretty masculine to most of us, but it's yeah. not. It's in my not. opinion, it isn't. It's, it's just mm-hmm. an exchange of energy. And I, and I know for me, when I get into that like squishy, feminine divine zone everything just kind of comes at me yeah and and then that's that moment where you have to stop resisting and I I, a friend of mine said at a talk she did your your results are a direct reflection of what your subconscious is believing about you so a lot Mm -hmm. of times women get caught up in what they say oh I you know you'll see everywhere I feel I'm fierce and all this like snap of the finger and I don't need no man Mm -hmm. but then you look at their life and the results and you know that the subconscious is still navigating and I think that's, yeah, that's still your masculine, you know, it's like you, once you lean into the heart, then mm-hmm. you start to see that you're like, you're like, you know, I, if I'm, you know, 150 pounds and I want to be 120 pounds, there's something not connecting here for me. Right. And right. I think a lot of that is that is still that feminine flow and feminine energy. And um, yeah, I think honestly, really in my heart. I think this is the answer to everything. It is. Like, it is the I answer. I feel, like, feel that way. Like, yeah. it's the answer to war. It's the answer to famine. It's the answer to disease. It's the answer to all of it. I really, in my heart, I feel like if we all just understood where we need to be and, and really got in here, mm-hmm. things would make perfect sense. I, and, I, um, you. I agree with so, you. It is the path is to the heart and opening the heart in the feminine space and having the balance because 
you know, the thing with like going back to money and talking about money, money has been one of my biggest teachers and, um, it has been a very, very, very painful journey with money for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, so understanding this divine flow with money and understanding trust, it has, has caused me to build trust, trust in myself, trust with the divine. And in this process of building up this trust and, and, um, understanding this divine flow and how it is, how it actually works when we are in that feminine goddess energy and we are really vibing high and we love ourselves and we've integrated the shadow and meaning that we are dancing with the shadow. We're like, okay. So the other day, this, this whole week, I've had a really massive up level. Um, I, I did like three days of processing ugly cry. Like, I mean, we're talking like just purging the stuff out. And the other day I was going through a process where I was, I was letting some of the shadow come to light and I was bringing some shame up and I was bringing some sorrow up. And, and one of the things that I had done in, and as a highly sensitive being, one of the things that highly sensitive beings do is they shut off their emotions as children, they just wall up because it's like, I don't know how to handle this. Nobody's telling me how to handle it. I don't know how to handle it. So they wall up, they build walls to protect themselves. And that's what I had done. So I was the person who was like monotone, like zero personality because I couldn't feel the bad stuff and I couldn't feel the good stuff. And I did feel the bad stuff more than I ever would feel the good stuff. It's like, like excitement and joy and bliss and joy and all of that stuff. Like that was scary for me to feel. And so the shame part was like an active part inside of my body. And so I'd always feel shame and guilt. And, um, and I think many women do, and I had to integrate that shadow and I had to allow myself to feel the shadow. And as I was processing this, I was crying and I was feeling it and I was going, okay, that feeling is shame. Hmm. Okay. Where is it? coming from, you know, and then I was doing my, I was doing my tapping modality to move it out. And then there would be another wave come over me. And then it would be like a feeling of sorrow. And then there was another wave of regret coming over me, like mm. all of this stuff. And I, I purged it and I let it go. And I tapped probably, I, I think I probably was tapping for an hour and a half. My longest. Wow. Tapping that's a long ever. time. But I was yeah. tapping. Yeah. I was tapping through this. And, and what happened was I got to the other side of it and I was like, Oh, and it was just like this light had turned on inside of myself and my heart was more open. And I just, I felt like a new person on the other side of that. But I was willing to go into the pain and I was willing to integrate the shadow to get to the other side of it. I was willing to right. feel all the icky feelings in order to get to the feelings. And this yeah. is the aspect of the feminine. The feminine has to, we have to shift our limiting beliefs. We have to rearrange the stuff in order for us to, to step into our feminine. We can't take the shame with us. We can't take the guilt with us. And many women feel guilt and shame. Like that's their number one thing is, is feeling yeah. guilt and shame because of all the stuff that we guilt and shame ourselves about. We have to let go of that. We have to learn how to rearrange that. And that's what I teach women how to do is how to rearrange it you know, and how to move past it. It's the, been the most key thing for me to do because on the other side of that is your worthiness. And the other side mm. of that is like, okay, you're, you're stepping into your heart. And when you know your worth, then that's whenever your magic and, and flow happens and, and all of that. 
So just for the, the people who don't know what EFT is, it's emotional freedom techniques. And it's a tapping technique where you tap certain meridian points of your body. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll just mention to you is that right here for me, this mm-hmm. spot and this spot mm-hmm. always make me cry. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I can do everywhere and I'm good and I'm good. And then for, not not 100% of the time, but I feel like I read somewhere. Where, so I'm just pointing to the top of my lip and underneath my lip. And I've read somewhere that that's where shame uh, collect really and huh. I was so every time I did that I was like oh my gosh but those two spots super powerful and I haven't actually done it so thank you for reminding me of the technique because it is so it's like I physically feel it go whatever it is and I have a thyroid my thyroid was overactive when I was 18 and then I had uh, when I was 23 I had radioactive iodine which never in a million years would I've done now knowing what yeah. I know about nutrition and all that yeah but it was like the interesting part is when I think about the body is my upbringing, my childhood was really volatile. And so no kidding, this is the thing that's going to be affected. Yeah, yeah. And it was really fast and I was really skinny and I was really like always amp, amp, amp. And then I had radioactive iodine and it went completely the opposite. And mm-hmm. I still hold on to something, even though the numbers are better, blah, 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 like with my medication, but it's, you know, ladies, the physical body absolutely is integrated and a part of the mind and soul and don't get it twisted. Like, you know, I know it's easy to say, well, it's a medical thing. It's not, this is all, this is a manifestation of something still 44. And I've had the, the, the radioactive iodine, like when I was 23, almost 20 years, and I still am not losing the weight. I feel better in a lot of ways, but it's still you know, I would tap on that actually. And it did start to change things, but it's, it's physical and, and mind and body all together. And people still don't believe that, but it, it's a hundred percent the way it is. It is. It's a spiritual thing too. You know, um, I, I practice energetic alchemy and alchemy. I mean, we could do a whole show on alchemy just in and of itself, but alchemy is, it's the transmutation of energy. So the, the, if you were to look it up, it's the turning metal to gold but energy can never be destroyed. Energy has to transform. And right. so when what happens in the body and emotionally, going back to what I was talking about earlier with a highly sensitive being. So when a highly sensitive being is, um, or a person, an empath too, just FYI. An empath, yeah. Oh. Anyway, a person who is emotionally um, vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable, what happens to them also is they store, we store the emotions in our body. It's called trauma bonds and it's stored in our body, all throughout our body. And what happens is it becomes a magnet to more of that trauma to come to you. So it's calling out to heal. So this is why you sabotage at the last minute. This is why things like fall apart at the last minute. Like if you have a tendency to have that happen. So you have to begin to heal the trauma bonds inside of the system, inside of the body. And that heals through energetic alchemy, through moving the energy. And this is why EFT is so, is so, um, is so good is because EFT moves that energy out of the system. Because as long as you have this trauma stuck and trauma is not you having an accident, trauma is the little things adding up, adding up, adding up. It's the abuse that you would experience as a child, adding up, adding up, stacking on top of each other and getting stuck in the body. And then what happens is you're just calling in more of that until it heals, until it moves. 
So the, the important thing with the um, EFT tapping, and the reason why I love it so much is because it activates the nervous system and it scrambles the nervous system. So the nervous system is like, what? What's going on? That's a limiting belief. Maybe it's a limiting belief. And then all of a sudden, when you're, so the, you're tapping on meridian lines. So you're tapping between the eyes. You're tapping at the size of the eyes at the simple points, right underneath the eyes, underneath the nose. You're tapping underneath the mouth. You're tapping here at the chest. The chest is the spark plug to the nervous system. And um, it is the thymus gland. And then you're tapping underneath the arm. And that's a heart point, And you're tapping on top of the head. So you're tapping through all of these points and you're speaking things and what's happening is you're shifting and you're confusing the nervous system and you're letting things go. This is why it's effective. And it's such a great tool to move these trauma bonds out of the system. So I'm getting ready to do like a month long of it. Like I'm going to, I'm doing an experiment right now on tapping. So I'll let you know at the end of the month, yes. my experiment and how it like works out. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like play with this. I'm playing with money with it and like seeing how I can open up myself more to a divine flow of money. Right. And um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of playing with it. I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah. So I'm doing a, I'm doing an experiment with my journaling where I'm not writing it as if it's going to happen. I'm writing it as it's happening day by day. Yeah. So it's a bit of a shift in how normally I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm so happy when I wake up in my blah, blah, blah. But now I'm like, I woke up in my blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm doing that. I just, I just got off the phone with my coach before we had it, had this call and mm -hmm. I'm it's we'll see in 30 days. It's yeah. pretty out there, the stuff, but I'm excited. But yeah, that's in, really in cool. feminine, that's, you don't feel silly. Like in feminine, you just get pumped and excited about it. And you like you're vibrating, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's all the time. I mean, I thank you for, like, I know I could, every show I'm like, I could be on here for 10 hours. Like there's know, so right? much good stuff and it's so fun there's, to talk about. Um, I know. But so where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me. Um, my website is jenedwards.net and it's J-E-N-N Edwards, E-D-W-A-R-D-S dot net, N-E-T. And that's my website. Everything that you can imagine that I offer is on my website. And then I Amazing. also have my um, Instagram account, which is at soulfittwinflame, S-O-U-L-F-I-T-T-W-I-N-F-L-A-M-E is my account for social beautiful so, thank you so much for well, having me on it was such a pleasure. yeah no this was incredible thank you so much for coming on and um i will uh I'll, i'm gonna ask you in 30 days how the eft went because now oh. i'm sure i'm gonna actually start at eft doing tapping again because that was yeah. really um we did it like probably 10 or more years ago we started doing it and then you know you just and you forget all it's always there's so many things you can do in a day and sometimes it's like shit I need to remember to do the important stuff so anyway thank you so much yeah. and uh I'll keep in touch we'll talk soon and thank you again for coming on the show yes thank you so much I'll see you later.